Red Hot Chili Peppers has the bass, the edgy and yet still thought-provoking lyrics, sometimes at least, and the rock star persona. Today's song is Aeroplane, the third single release for Red Hot Chili Peppers' 1995 album, One Hot Minute. Although one of the most popular songs on the album itself, Aeroplane was left out of the group's greatest hits compilation and has since felt lost in translation within their discography. Aeroplane is an allusion to Mother McCollum's Jesus Is My Aeroplane, an old blues song. The song explores temptation and pleasure and replaces the term Jesus with music, implying that music is the force that lifts people up. Talk about an expert display of postmodern thought. Although the song is likely written about Ketis' own struggles with substance abuse, it remains elusive enough to be applied to everyday temptations and addictions. The sonic push and pull between the verses and the chorus aligns with the push and pull that addicts feel with their desired substance. Aeroplane is a poignant display of the group's expert balance between the crude and the meaningful, and is a vital component of their discography. I'm Alexander Hall, and today I've got Ox. You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM, and this is Aeroplane by Red Hot Chili Peppers. I can make it this up, yeah, have no fear. I like that despite with pain and music is my aeroplane. It's my aeroplane. Sober, sweet and sour, Jane and music is my aeroplane. It's my aeroplane. Pleasure, Welcome back to I've Got Off. Joined by Gavin Hello. in the passenger seat and Bella in the back seat. Hi. And that was the first time Bella heard Airplane by Red Hot Chili Peppers. So what were some of your first impressions? Um, I honestly really liked it. It was not what I was expecting to hear, knowing like what I know about Red Hot Chili Peppers, which embarrassingly is not a lot. But um, I really liked the bass line and like it was very funky and like fun. So my first impressions are pretty good. Like I said, don't know much about the band altogether, but I did. I really like that song. So, I'm Gavin. Um, being more of a Red Hot Chili Peppers connoisseur, um, I liked how it fits into their dis- discography, and I feel like it's a good bridge from their earlier funky stuff and then their newer pop-ish rock stuff. It's a good song. It has a good like verse that is different, but it complements the, the chorus in a really nice way. So all around, it's a great song. The lyrics are interesting and controversial, to say the least. So <laughs> I like it. It was good. So if you guys had to kind of picture who the typical Red Hot Chili Peppers fan would be, what are some of the stereotypes that come to your head? Our parents. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> not my parents now. I definitely think of like uh, like the deadhead sort of like, I don't drug addicts to say the least but like you know a lot of i think a lot of like gavin said our parents like kind of grew up listening to that they were too crazy but i do think of like the like the deadhead kind of like rock star like punk type of person like listening to that type of music i feel like anytime i've met a red hot chili peppers fan they're always diehards like i've never met a moderately yeah yeah a moderate red hot chili peppers fan like red hot it's either all i listen to is red hot chili peppers and or I don't even know who they are. So there's no in-between. I hope to bridge that gap with today. Maybe we could be moderate fans moderate by the end of the season. Red Hot Chili Pepper fans. Yeah. I think you guys are pretty spot on with that. I don't think I have even met a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan <laughs> who isn't like truly dedicated to, to their mm-hmm. discography mm-hmm. as a whole. It's definitely kind of a 
cult in a way. Yeah, and what what comes to my mind is I think they're one of the most beloved bands of millennials, and so in my mind I immediately pictured like a 30-year-old guy with kind of bad tattoos that are slowly <laughs> fading that he got yeah. when he was 18 or like some of them are stick and pokes. Mm-hmm. And you're right, it's sort of that grunge punk like Scratchy maybe lives body. in his mother's basement. Not saying that anybody who listens to Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> can't be successful. That's just kind of like this weird stereotype yeah. that and the if, group has. I, get that, I feel I get like that. in a way it's kind of in the same way that Nirvana has like it's become such a like in Pink Floyd. It's like people will wear Nirvana, Pink Floyd, like mm-hmm. Red Hot Chili Peppers t-shirts and you'll look at them and be like I don't think you probably ever heard a Red Hot Chili Peppers song. If you listen to them, you probably wouldn't like their music. But it's just the shirt that was being sold at PacSun, so that's what you bought. At Kohl's, specifically. At Kohl's, yes. It's the Kohl's t-shirt. And I can say this because I've been gifted those Kohl's t-shirts. I think I had two or three, like, it's Red wonderful. Hot Chili Peppers. It's that asterisk design. Yes. And you see it, and it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, it was so clearly $11 at Kohl's that you got when you were 15. And I think that that's <laughs> just, like, cool. a weird... I think that's always strange when, like, bands kind of go into those big commercial yeah, it's like, retailers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, wait a second. Aren't it's just guys, for the look now. Aren't you guys anti-establishment? Like, <laughs> what happened What happened to the whole, you know, gut of your music? Mm-hmm. Anywho, I'm not trying to say they're sellouts. We're on but. a tangent, but we can have maybe a sub-episode of talking about... <laughs> Selling out to corporate America as a band. Oh, totally. All right, getting back on track. Red Hot Chili Peppers is one of those bands that you likely know someone who has a weird obsession with Flea or thinks that lead singer Anthony Kiedis is Jesus incarnate. Known for their hits like Californication, Under the Bridge, and Can't Stop, the group is a staple of rock music, specifically that of the 90s. Their debut album was released in 1984 and their most recent one in 2016 making the Chili Peppers a major name in music for decades. They established their name and signature sound with their 1991 album, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. This set the tone for their golden age of releases, and since then, the group has stuck together, has gathered six Grammys, and has recently sold their catalog to Merck Miracotti's Hypnosis Song Fund for close to $140 million, which is actually the same company that Bob Dylan and I think Stevie Nicks actually sold their discographies to, I think all within like the past year. People are outraged. I know. You're selling out. I mean, $140 million. I was going to say. That's a lot of things for $140 million. (laughs) I think also, like, some of these groups are reaching this point where they're they're fathers. They're about to be grandfathers. That's true. They they can't tour. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think some groups, like... Especially Obviously. the way they do concerts. Like, oh, yeah. You could do you like could. one of those and just drop dead at, if you're right. like 86. That I know. Like, Bob know. Dylan was the one that everybody was very upset about. But honestly, as long as that music is still being able to be shared and experienced yeah. with listeners. And you're like in a different stage of your life. Exactly. Like, as long as they don't like take everything down and just put up Bob Dylan remixes or something. Right. Like, <laughs> they make you sell your soul to like, yeah. listen to Mr. Tambourine Man. No. <laughs> it's okay. It's not the end of the world. Okay, so as far as the song's message, it talks a lot about the relationship that an addict has with a substance. And you can take that, whether that substance is an actual drug you're taking from the guy off the corner of a street, or a person, or a part of your life that you're very much addicted to. What did Mm -hmm. you guys take from the lyrics and the message itself, if anything? Well, um, listening to it, I listened to it a couple times, and it seemed almost like offensively like nonchalant you know he was like i'm an addict and i'm writing a fun song about it and he seemed very unfazed by the fact like and maybe that's the way he deals with things is just being very um turning it into a humor thing in a way that he's he's taken this thing that for a lot of people and probably for himself he feels kind of ashamed of and a little bit wish he had he had under control a little bit better and so now that he's 
he's able to see that he's an addict, but he's not able to stop himself. So he just made a, a, a fun song about it that's kind of self-referential and very, like, poking at himself in a way. So, I don't know. I, mean, I think it shows, like, a certain level of, like, self-awareness in a way. Like, just, like, kind of like what you were saying, but just, like, the fact that he wrote a song and it's very, like you said, kind of nonchalant, like, here I am. I'm addicted to this. Like, yeah. this is just, like, kind of how it is. Like, definitely, like, a level of, like okay, this is how it is right now. Like, this one thing is the thing I'm, like, latching on to, to, like, I'm, like, depending on it and it's, in, like, all spectrums of my life. And it's kind of sad because, like, even though it is self-referential and he's, like, he's aware of his problem, you think it'd be because he wants to, like, stop it. But it feels like it's... I'm just going along. Yeah, he, it's ride. just, like, this is the way it is instead of I wish it wasn't this way, which is kind of sad. Mm -hmm. And a lot of their music is about struggles with sobriety. And, you know, obviously I'm not fully well-versed in Cadis's or anybody's addiction, but I think that an addict, regardless of if they're in recovery or trying to be in recovery, like an addict is an addict and you mm -hmm. hope that they can find help. But when your brain is wired that sort of way, even if they shift off of, of drugs, like that, uh, that addiction addictive personality yeah it can way. still be turned into an addiction to food and addiction to people mm -hmm. like whatever that is and so i think maybe by creating art whatever form the addict you know sees that to be i think it's a means of creating space between you know that struggle and yeah. trying to live life totally um i just wanted to say to anyone tuning in a little bit late this is uh, I've Got Ox on Radio Free Hills, uh, 101.7. We're talking about Aeroplane by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And to get back to what you are saying, Allie, um, I completely agree. And, like, the Jesus is my aeroplane, mm -hmm. and music is my aeroplane. And by music, he's kind of referring to his whole lifestyle of, like, the, the, the drugs and all that stuff. And it's kind of sad because in the idea of Jesus is that it's, like, he's, he's here to save you and, like, you're better off because of Jesus. But mm -hmm. I feel like the drugs had the opposite effect. It's you're, you're looking to drugs to be what Jesus is for most people. And it's not going to satisfy. And he knows that it's not going to satisfy him in that way. And I think mm -hmm. that's why he's kind of being right. ironic with that line. It's yeah. really sad in a way. I think also when he's talking about music being his savior, you know, for lack of a better term, it's almost depressing because the music scene, especially the specific kind of niche that they're in, which is kind of drug, sex, alcohol, mm -hmm. which has been the theme since, you know, 60s, 70s. It's almost depressing to be like, okay, this is his savior, but this is also the scene that very easily could have destroyed his life yeah. or killed him. 100%. So it's it's that bittersweet it's, relationship. It's, like, I love this. This is like my amazing life, but at the end of the day, like, it's killing me, like, yeah. slowly type of it's thing. It's more of like a master and, and then a savior. Like, right. He's he's being ruled by his addiction. It's not like setting him free. Yeah. yeah. Which is like what Jesus. You can't jump off an airplane. That's true. <laughs> You're stuck. Right. <laughs> and if you do, you don't. You don't have Jesus to be your parachute. So. Yeah. And in the last chorus, I was curious to see what kind of thoughts you guys had about this. There is a choir of children's voices that kind of plays behind Kedis when he's singing that last chorus, Eerie. and it ended up being the bassist Flea's daughter Clara. It's her kindergarten class. So. At least from my perspective, it adds a layer to the song that isn't just, oh, this is a song about a drug addict. It, it's more so like, okay, you have this perspective of the children's voice singing that music is my airplane from the start of life who hasn't had much strife yet, who hasn't obviously hopefully dealt with drugs yet. Mm -hmm. And then you have Kiedis who's kind of singing from the perspective of a grown man who's been through so much. And so it creates kind of a deeper dimension to the song. Yeah. But I can also see how that could be translated as sort of like, little weird a little more it makes it very sad sounding, yeah like depressing 
like these little kids they're like so innocent have no idea like what they're singing like what it even means yeah and so i i agree it definitely like adds a whole nother like oh gosh like you mm-hmm. think about like how um how like addiction isn't like like it doesn't just pertain to one person who's addicted it really becomes like it's like a, a fungus effect. like growing yeah. out and like affecting everyone else even these little kids who don't even know like they they, they have no clue like what what it means when they're singing that probably so yeah and it just like shows like that line when it's sung by a child like music is my airplane it, it's it in a way if you just took that by itself it's kind of a fun cute little like nursery line mm-hmm. like and when you put that over the the music and then michael like anthony kiedis singing it it's like makes it eerie and like it's almost seems demented in a way that they would have yeah. children sing that line because mm-hmm. in the context of the song it's very depressing and sad and like destructive in a way it definitely it's like a reminder almost like oh like it kind of makes you withdraw and be like oh that's kind of scary like that's kind of sad to like think about but like also at least i was thinking about this a little bit it's kind of in a way though it's almost like a little bit of like relief in a way like you have all this like the strong like bass and everything then yelling and like you know they sing yeah, it's pretty aggressive yeah in that part of the it's song. pretty aggressive and then at the end it's just like oh like these little kids like so yeah. i definitely think it like it can be like perceived in like a couple different ways so at least like when i like listening to it the first time being like like when you think about it more you're like that's kind of scary but at first it's like oh like this is kind of cute yeah, like, just like, these little kids like, a like joining along yeah like a sugar coating exactly which a lot of music is like that but it, since we're talking about red hot chili peppers a lot of their music specifically is you know your head banging and then you're you kind of realize yeah, what you're you singing that, mm-hmm. that realization of what you're and saying that's what happened to me with this song because i had a huge red hot chili peppers phase like late middle school early high school when i found stadium arcadium for the first time and i listened to the album as a whole and as a unit i just really really loved the group and there's a lot of songs that i look back and now i kind of understand the context and the meaning of those songs I'm like oh wow that's a lot deeper than just some like mm-hmm. stoners on a stage yeah. you know yeah, yeah. and i think an element of this sonically not to sound like a pretentious music person but go ahead, go ahead. is that the, the the difference between the verse and the chorus is the verse it's sort of just the vocals and the bass and then in the chorus it's all the moving parts of a typical red hot chili pepper songs and i think that if you kind of examine that it, it's the push and pull between you know temptation and that addiction of i want it i know it's not going to end well i know it's going to end up bringing pain but it, it's that push and pull of and then pleasure the high. Yeah, yeah the high the yeah. low if definitely I, if i can like add to that i feel like the verses in a way is just very stripped back like you said and it almost represents like the matter of fact of his like the facts of his situation that mm-hmm. this is what's wrong and i'm not going to try to like and he still does i'm not going to try to like make it pretty or anything right and then when he gets mm-hmm. to the chorus he's like let's put on my show face and right. let's, let's be like the, the addiction's okay. And well, not okay, but he's sh- sugarcoating it in that way. Like we said, but with all the instruments and the, all the, the fancy instrumentation instead of just being like real. I think so. the chorus is kind of what we were talking about. Like the chorus is his high mm-hmm. because in the verses he talks about, you know, being sad, literally one of the lyrics is being sad, sad like me. And then feeling like he's going to turn to dust almost if he doesn't have that fix. Yeah. And it snaps so quickly into the chorus that it's almost like he takes the drug, he takes the pill, whatever no, that, mm-hmm. okay whatever again. that means. And it's that vicious it's back like, and I'm back forth. again, like the whiplash. Exactly. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, the song ends with that children's chorus that just slowly begins to fade out. And then the bass kind of slowly fades out. And it's almost as if, you know, yeah, it's he's like, fading. It's out. like a re- representation of like the high 
high and low of, yeah. of an addict's life. Just like you hit rock bottom of just just the bass and the voice and the drums, and then you're up here again, and you're, mm-hmm. you're just for a couple high. seconds. So, and you're like, yeah. "This is why I do this," and then it's back. Yeah, yeah. Well, great discussion, guys. I'm happy that I hopefully have converted two normies into becoming Red Hot Chili Peppers fans. Moderate Red Hot Chili Peppers. Moderate. Yeah, you dabble. You dabble. I dabble in the Red Hot Chili Peppers. (laughs) Nothing too too extravagant or obsessive. Just a little dip in the water. Yeah. Next week, Gavin's got Ox. I'm interested to see what he has in store for us. I have some things up my sleeve. We'll see. I'm debating between a couple genres and songs, and I might surprise. We'll surprise the first-time listener. We'll see. There we'll go. surprise the audience. Well, you've been listening to I've Got Ox on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM, and we'll see you next week. See you later. Bye. Bye.